Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm John Brooks, your host today. And today we are going to talk about the uh, how the engineering teams and product teams work together. And we will talk about how communication is happening between them and how they make decisions, how they approach the technical design and according to business needs, and how they address the technical issues. Uh, so today my guest is Göksel, and Göksel is working as a principal iOS engineer in Drop Kitchen in Dublin, in Ireland. And Göksel is an old colleague of mine from Istanbul, and he started his career in startup and then switched to the finance and communication industries, and now he's working uh currently is working in smart home appliance industry so without further ado welcome yourself hello my friend um so this will be my first english stream uh, so we will see how it goes uh thanks for the invite it's a pleasure so don't 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 feel the stress we are just chatting here um and so tell us a bit about your current work um what does drop kitchen do and what's your role in there So, okay, uh, I always use the same example when I'm explaining what Drop does uh, to other people. Uh, so if if you want to buy a TV at the moment, uh, you could probably not buy a non-smart TV. Um, so like the, the same thing is happening in the kitchen industry at the moment. Yeah. So like the appliances are started to be smart. And I think at some point you you will probably not find anything not smart um so at drop like we are kind of uh, positioning ourselves to satisfy the needs in in this area um and what the app does is so you can basically um use your smart appliances with our app mm -hmm. and our app also has a really large recipe catalog and using this recipe catalog um uh, you can use your like when, when you are following a recipe step by step For example, if you have a smart oven and if the recipe has a preheat step, uh, you could simply press start from the app and your oven would start. So th th this is basically the uh, feature set we are providing mm -hmm. uh, to the users uh, through Drop. And also like if you also um, don't have a smart appliance, you could still use the app. Um, um, But for, for example, if you don't have a smart appliance, you would probably see the recipe in a different way mm -hmm. um, than someone with a smart appliance. So like this is uh, shortly what, what we do at Trap. Okay. So what's your role there? I'm working as a principal IS engineer um, at Trap. So what, at the moment. what's principal IS engineer? So what does principal IS engineer do actually? Okay, th this is the hard question. Um, like different companies uh, put different weights and different names to these kind of roles, as far as I see. I think some companies has have um, staff engineers, for example. Um, so like, I think the expectation from a, this kind of role kind of changes from company to company, but I will just try to explain what I do at Trump. Uh, so basically I still, um, code. So I think at least 50% of my time is still um, going with coding. Um, and other than this, like there are also some strategic aspect to mm -hmm. this role. Uh, so basically you're expected to get familiar with the company go company goals and kind of navigate the technical decisions 
um, through these, like to contribute to these um, company goals. Mm -hmm. I'm also uh, working with engineers from different platforms um, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, this could be Android engineers, platform engineers. So we all work together to, you know, come up with high impact solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my position also involves some kind of mentoring um, on a daily basis uh, as well. Um, I think this, this kind of summarizes what I do daily. Mm -hmm. But you still like 50% of time you spend coding still, right? Yeah, more or less. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I want to ask uh, like how the, how the work is going on in, in drop. So like, are you working with scrum or waterfall or, um, uh, like maybe agile, different agile methodology also, uh, so people who is watching chat, um, write which, uh, which strategy do you follow? Like, do you follow, uh, which one like Kanban or scrum agile, maybe waterfall or maybe something different, just uh, write in the chat and, uh, let's see how Gerksel is explaining their process. So like from an agile process perspective, we use Kanban, um, but the whole uh, feature development process is probably a little different than um, the other places I, I work in at least. Um, so everything starts with a problem. So basically someone comes up with a problem and uh, we should be able to prove that's a problem, uh, backing that up with uh, some data, analytics data probably. Uh, and then we basically get into a room with um, everyone in the team. This this means like engine, all the engineers we have in the team, product owner, um, designers, and try to come up with ways to solve this problem. Uh, after this stage, we um, have some kind of um, like that to be able to pick a solution from all the alter alternatives, we sometimes do some prototyping, do user testing. Um, and then after this, we, when we know what we want to do, uh, we kind of formalize this in, in a feature spec document. And then we go into the solution design phase, uh, which we will talk about in detail throughout the talk anyway. Uh, and then the rest is like standard delivery. Okay, so you're using mainly Kanban, but okay, let's 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 do a small role play, okay? And since we want to talk about how engineering teams work with product teams, and I think it's a good way to approach this. So I will I will play um, a product person today as a role. I'm not a product person by myself, but I think I can try to uh, imitate, and I will come up with uh, some some requests and let you guide the conversation. Okay, is that okay? That's perfect. I like examples. Okay, so first let's let's keep an um, an example. Let's say okay, we are gonna we are gonna make a movie app. Okay, so users are able to see the list of movies. They are also able to see the details, rate the movies, make comments on it, and etc. And so. And we have a home feed, okay, and the main screen. So, and I, as a product owner, I think we can start fresh because we have some problems with user growth. And I believe this, uh, and we work with like maybe other product teams, other designers. We come up with, we came to you and saying that, okay, 
we want to refresh the home feeds. So what would you say in this case directly? Okay, so if you follow me on uh, GitHub and all the blog posts uh, I did, all of my examples are movie list apps. So I'm really familiar with this space. Um, and I'm glad you cho chose that this, this example. Maybe this was intentional. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, so, okay, so you want to build a new home feed. Yes. Uh, I guess I would say like, um, do you have the requirements? Yes, I, I, let, let's imagine I have the everything listed down. Um, do we know how the UI will look? Yes, we work with designers and the specs are ready, design specs are ready, it's published, so you can direct access it maybe via Zeppelin. Okay, perfect. And so you probably expect me to yeah, start working. I mean, uh, yeah, now. exactly. Like requirements are ready, so design is ready. Can you start? So, no, because like, um, I think it's, it's good to start with a bad example. Um, this shouldn't happen. This should not, um, like the product development process should not look like this. Uh, in this way, an engineer cannot really contribute to anything uh, in a process like this. Okay. So we, we should not do this. No. Okay. So, so I, I think I made a mistake as a product owner here. So in which stage should I involve an engineer in, in, in like, what would be the engineer's expectation? I think your, your role as a product owner should be to find out problems, potential problems in the app. Um, and then you're probably familiar with our company goals as well. And then you can, um, kind of think which, which problems you have at hand would better fit to the con uh, company goal. Mm -hmm. So that we can talk, talk around these problems. Um, so I think you should come up with a problem. Okay. So what's our problem here? So let's say, um, let, I mean, I said so that you, we are, why, why, why did you, yeah, go on. So like, why, why do you want to improve the home feed? Uh, yeah, we are lacking user growth. So, um, and, uh, we, people, we, we took a look at the, maybe on uh, analytics data and we saw that people are just coming maybe to a home screen. They're just leaving uh, without maybe taking a look at the movie details. And we want them to like, to spend more time in the app and to enjoy the, all the features that we built for them. So that's why I think the home feed doesn't work. Okay, I see. And we can prove this with actual data. It's not just a feeling. Yeah, it's backed with data. I, I see like, like we have Google, maybe Google Analytics, maybe some other analytics that I took a look. So we have the data there. Okay, so I, I trust you. I think you did your homework. Hopefully. And, um, <laughs> and as far as I see, we, we kind of have a retention problem in the app. So like people, people come in, um, people see the home feed and then they, they leave the app and they, they never come back. Yeah. So, um, so basically we, we started with a problem okay. and the problem was, uh, retention. Now, how do we solve it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, as a, like, as I said, I came to you with all the design and requirements. So I think I solved it. I mean, I know maybe 
we should involve you in the earlier stage. But since we are sticking to the example here, um, how do we maybe change or how do we get your input into the, our maybe existing requirements or design in this case? So if you, if you look at this feature, um, we want to build a home feed and this home feed and needs to be, needs to exist both in iOS and Android. And these are just clients. So they will probably get the data from uh, our platform. So I would say we should get our engineers okay. in a room um, and also like our designer in a room and let them formulate a, a solution. Okay. Um, and, and that solution, and the solution, uh, like we might have uh, like lots of alternatives and we should all talk around these alternatives and see, for example, maybe you will suggest something, but I will say that will take like two months to implement. Mm -hmm. So maybe you will deprioritize it. So that's the kind of value you're getting out of getting all the stakeholders in a room and, you know, getting their ideas. Okay. So we formulate the solution and like we, we sat together in a room, maybe or virtual room in these days, basically. Um, and we, yeah. we awesome. come up with a solution, say that it is, it's, it doesn't take too much time. It is fairly easy to implement or change the existing clients for both iOS and Android. And what do we do next? What do we do next? So, um, if we have alternatives, you should probably do some prototyping and user testing, but do you think we should skip this? Let's say we, we did yeah, this and then we ended up yeah, with a solution. Exactly. Let's skip this part. Okay. So at this point, uh, we will probably have some kind of document, which has all the findings, and that we have out of like, after all, all these processes, and then we now know what to do. And um, after user testing, generally lots of things change. So I think first we should formalize this, formalize what we want mm -hmm. to do from a product perspective, and then put it in a document. And we call this feature spec in most cases. Okay, so um, basically the feature specs includes what we find, and how we are going to solve the problem, like the formulation basically, right? Yeah, from a product from, perspective. So no technical, in, no technical say, things inside. I mean, you can, you can add technical details, but you should probably not include uh, a class diagram, for example. Who draws class diagram these days? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so, uh, so we have this document and now I think we can start right directly coding because we have outlined. The, what do you think? Can we start? And uh, not quite. And before we go on, uh, I also want to stress something out. So after this process, um, actually everybody in the team has a deep understanding of the solution we have on the product side. So this, when I say product spec, um, this is actually not something that PO have, has to do, product owner has to do. This could be anyone in the team. Like all, all these documents and um, outputs generated during this time, um, I think it should be collaborative enough. And generally what we do is 
um, the PO creates this document, puts puts all the decisions we had up to that point, and then we also review as engineers, and then we update it di directly, and then just you know tell everyone that this is uh, how it is. This is the update, and if everybody check if everybody is okay with okay, it. Okay. Um. I, I want to ask the question from T. Um, so what do you think about objective key results approach on this stage? So maybe we need to, or do we need to include this OKR into the product specs? So. Uh, I think for like this kind of, we kind of include this in the problem statement. So like if we solve this problem, this will contribute to this OKR. And um, yeah, there is no reason not to include this in the product spec. Yeah, I like so. this approach because it generally helps a lot on the technical side. Like when you know uh, what you want to achieve basically, or what is your goal in a specific way, uh, then it is easier to come up with a technical uh, result that you need to test yourself against this uh, goal. Okay. so. Um, we now we have the specs yeah. and now i want to go to the next steps as i just assume now i'm stepping a bit out of my product ownership that we need to come up with a technical design right this is where i want to talk about more okay um so okay. let me ask a question also to chat uh what are the important aspects of the technical design so what do we need it or maybe why do we do we need this design so what do you think chat also do, you, do we need the technical design or just we we, we can start directly coding? Yuxen, what do you think? So I think solution design phase is uh, like important uh, because at this point now, now we need to implement something and the implementation uh, might have implications on the platform, for example, and in, in in, in all the mobile clients as well. So like having a document, uh, listing out like all the assumptions we made, all the alternative technical solutions we, we have in mind um, and having a space that people can um, like discuss and present their ideas. Uh, I think this is very, very valuable. And it, it also um, avoids a situation where people implement things and then realize, oh, there's a huge problem that we didn't think of and we need to put this, put it in, in trash and start over. So I think from this aspect, uh, solution design is pretty important. Okay. Um, then, hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's a bit, I'm just thinking like having this helps, just having this also helps a lot um, in these cases to, to have a better communication within the team. Um, so what, what do we consider by designing the technical side? So during the technical design, like specifically as, as an engineer, what do you consider? So as an engineer, like since you, um, know the product you're building and you know why you are building that specific feature, you now have a deep understanding of, uh, that feature and where it can go. So, uh, like as with any solution, I think we would tend to make it more scalable, maintainable, flexible, uh, so that we can, you know, add, uh, more features on top of it with ease. Um, 
you know all these uh, all these different aspects that that needs to be considered in in the stage and if you don't have this uh, stage there's actually no other place to think about these stuff uh, I also want to ask you like what what would you consider in, in the stage um not as a PO, but as an okay, engineer. Yeah, that's, that makes my job easier now. Um, so I, I consider firstly, yes, the, the major, major problem we are trying to solve or the major areas that we are focusing on. Like, as you mentioned, is scalability important? Sometimes it is really not. I mean, sometimes the, the main important thing is just deliver it. It's also okay. And then um, fix it on the way, maybe. Uh, but I generally tend to focus on these kind of like scalability or testability or um, maybe changeability, like flexibility is another thing. Because if you just leave me with it as an engineer, and then I personally think that flexibility is the most important thing when I design a system. I need to be able to change every specific aspect individually and independent from each other. So if I need to make a change and eventually most of the products change, I can change it easily. So this is my approach, but sometimes you need to kick out the flexibility and think from the other side to make it really everything stick together and then provide a one clear solution to solve another problem. That's my approach, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. I think like this is like in the technical, design phase everything is a, a trade-off yeah. basically so you need to find a sweet spot and like having all this context kind of helps you you know find a sweet spot for your specific needs um so i think that this is why like it, it's pretty important um and what, what else should we talk about in, in this solution design phase? um i think architecture is one of the things right like um or let's say what else we can talk maybe alternatives as we mentioned that we are talking we need to consider the alternative approaches in the design like the product design phase or the while we are formulating the solution should we include the alternatives there also what do you think i i think we should um and in this specific example for example you can uh, build a home feed in like various ways um, and you should like think about all, all the different ways that you can you know receive this payload render on the screen um, and then you know compare the advantages and disadvantages um, for example let's say in the in the home field example um, probably at, at this stage we have some uh, like different types of content that we want to show on the home feed. Um, and like, there's a huge possibility that we will add more types of contents going forward. Um, so probably you should consider a solution that is that only satisfies your current needs and then a solution which, which can be flexible enough to add like more content types um, in the future. And then, you know, compare like compare the time it needs to implement one or, or another um, and then make a call according to your okay. you know, constraints. Okay. 
Okay, let's let's say we make made a call and say we said okay, we are gonna stick with one solution. And now, what do we do next? Like, do we plan the architecture? Start with that one. Um, yes, I think we can plan the architecture and like architecture part. You can do it in various ways. You can go too deep. You can be like too too abstract. Like mm -hmm. there are different ways. Um, currently, like so, like th this will. This is kind of what works best for your team. Uh, but at drop, we use uh, C4 diagrams at the moment, and C4 was exactly what what we needed um, at the time. And previous previous to this, we were designing class interfaces that was shared between iOS and Android projects. Um, but we realized this was causing a lot of stress. Like you, it's really hard to find the perfect interface um, when you're at date. Uh, stage in your technical design um, and you probably find out things um, along the way and you need to update this design so the, the document goes out of date like this was causing a lot of stress so with c4 what we do is um, c4 stands for container component um, no sorry context container component and code and if you think about it, it's like a, it's like a map. So in context, you show the um, generic context, like how the user is interacting with uh, with your app, and like what kind of external components you have. And then um, in the container diagram, you focus on like uh, one um, specific part of your app. And then in the component diagram, uh, for example, in this case, it would be the home feed component. Uh, you zoom into to your home feed component and then break it into smaller components and like show how they communicate to each other. Is this? Am I? No, I mean, I I'm generally in favor for C4 model actually. So for me, it tot it's tot it totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah, like I, I, I really like this. Um, and one more thing here. So basically when you have a component diagram, you kind of know like what kind of uh, components you have. Uh, you have a high level of abstraction and like anybody who's looking at diagram can understand like, what, what component does what. But when you actually go in and implement that diagram, sometimes you find there is something you didn't you know, think in the communication. So um, to avoid this, to have a you know better um, overall diagram, uh, we generally uh, draw a communication diagram as well. And communication diagram is like, okay, this component uh, tells this component, sends this component this message, and then it does this. So it's basically yeah, like that's that's diagram. what I was gonna say. So first, yeah. this happens. So, yeah. Uh, so after this communication diagram, if you are not familiar with the feature, you would go into that document and see like what are the main components and you can search in the code and then how those components communicate to each other, how they are supposed to communicate to each other at least. Okay. So yeah, with uh, the second diagrams are generally a good way also for onboarding people 
And also, I, I think C4 does the same thing as well. If you can keep updated all of them all the time. And since most of the technical documents or the mostly the architecture documents are uh, tend to get outdated quickly, um, the, there are some tools to help, of course, uh, for building those things. But I think um, we need to have these kind of tools. But how do you approach? So like, of course, your architecture is going to change whenever you start coding, right? That's what I expect. Um, and then all the diagrams will need to be updated. And how do you how do you include this in your data work? Like, do you do that? Do you update it? Or how can we make sure this step? So in my complete honesty, we, we don't really um, update the diagrams going back. Um, but generally the change we do um, are like very minor changes. So it doesn't really affect the, the big picture. Um, and at that point, we probably don't bother updating the diagram. But I would say if there's a really big change, and at that point, you would probably need a, a different design. Uh, so you, you would go back to the Yeah, okay. Board. Chat also, uh, do you update your uh, technical diagrams, like architecture diagrams or any kind of diagrams you have? Just write in the message. And I agree that... Yeah, they are going easily out of date, but um, I, I, I'd like to give this to shoulders of the new onboarding people. So whenever we have someone onboarding in our team currently, um, we somehow give them a task to update the diagrams. And I think it works fairly well, by the way, because first they see what is the intention in the beginning, and then they take, take a look at the code. They try to understand it in every aspect. And then they go back to update them, update these things. And at the end, they know the system better and they know the code better, way, way better. And they understand the business needs and how we are solving because the diagrams generally explains every uh, business um, limitations, for example. And then later on, they have an, they have an uh, as a team, we have an up-to-date diagram. So. This approach I really like. And since I am also personally, I'm onboarding in a new team, I'm working payment systems at the moment. And in payment systems, you cannot imagine how many limitations you have. Like, and based on some countries even, everything is completely different. And this is generally a problem. And I spent like, like last one or two months updating our diagrams and it was, it was really helping to me as a person. So, okay. Let's say we have the architecture ready. We don't update it, but it's ready. And what do we do next? So I want to go coding now, really. So do we have something in between? You are muted, by the way. What, what do you mean by that? Um, so we have the architecture, diagrams and everything okay. ready. We planned. And as an engineer, I'm, I'm really looking forward to start coding, you know, like this is, mm -hmm. this is one thing in the beginning we talk and I still cannot start coding. And if I jump into the product owner role again, and come on, I, I, I will come to say, come to you and say, come on, Göksel, let's start coding. I mean, what are we doing here? You know, this, because this is the general reaction that people 
get from product people, product teams saying that, okay, yeah, yeah, you design everything, you talk and you like, you always talk basically, and then you make plans, but you never take the action. Also T said in the comments that how do we keep this balance? Because I'm now, I'm impatient to start coding. How do we keep this balance? Or do we have a stage in between from architecture to the starting of to coding? What do we have? Okay, I see. So um, here, like this, this stage we are talking about, I think this should take a day at most. Sometimes you need to, uh, you know, get review from certain people and like the time doesn't work out. Um, but like the, like the ideal would be to finish this in one day. And I think in the long run, this would save time for you. So I think we should be on that mindset. And also if a technical design phase takes too long, there's probably something wrong with it. And it's probably not helping us. It's like making things slow, um, like adding a lot of, uh, process to, you know, the, the delivery. Mm -hmm. uh, that means something is wrong with the technical design. So like finding the balance is actually up to each team. So you need to find your own balance, I would say. Uh, and before transitioning to, to the code, um, I think after this, we like, you should also consider testing. So like you, you will implement this, but then how do you make sure it is working and it keeps working? So we generally have a test design phase in which you, you know, design your test cases. Um, do you not like it? I'm not sure. Um, it feels a bit, uh, too much, you know, it's like, I want to start coding as I said, but, um, uh, test testing the design makes sense, but I will say when I start a new project, like when I start something really fresh then I'm okay with testing the design of the technical design in general. But most of the time we are adding features and sometimes we have a design already, an architecture approach in the app maybe, then we want to follow. Um, and then it, it also no, limits. No, no. What, what do you that, mean? that wasn't what, what I meant. I meant like designing your test cases. Ah, okay. Hmm. Just, just to, you know, make sure you're feature will work. But, but again, if you're, if you really want to code, uh, you could start coding yeah, sure. and then design your test cases yeah. later on. Yeah. I have, a, I have one more highly important topic here is the estimation actually, because I am a PO okay. and I, as a, if I jump into the PO again, roll, I was expecting this. <laughs> but, um, so in general, I like, uh, the idea that Philip Metzger, I'm going to read from the book, by the way, it's software estimation book I have here. Um, Philip Metzger observed decades ago that technical staff were fairly good at estimation, but were poor at defending their estimates. So this is the thing I like because uh, generally we give estimations, but we, and then we start kind of a negotiation, you know, and since we already like planned and everything. We are of course communicating everything with product and engineering teams. Estimation is a generally critical topic. And I'm currently working in a team where there is no estimation, but we give some estimation, you know, they call it rough estimation. 
but eventually you need to estimate something so they can, the product teams can plan better and or plan the next features easily. But in general, um, I like the idea of defending estimations and maybe in the negotiation, personally, I say um, we can separate estimation with the commitment. And I want to understand what's your stand on this. Like estimation is different than the commitment. We can say, okay, we can estimate that. We can say we can finish this feature in six months, for example, uh, but we can commit to five months. So deliver it in five months, you know, because in maybe in six months, we are, we say we are 100% sure that we can deliver it in six months. But if we want to deliver it to five months, we are not 100% sure. But we can commit to it, you know. I'm I'm just uh, trying to understand, like I'm curious about what's your approach in the estimation. In which stage maybe we we estimate, or how do you estimate in general? So like estimation comes uh, after this technical design phase because at that point you know what what you will implement, um, and as you said, like when you say rough estimate. I would say every estimation is kind of rough and uh, like they are never accurate. And you, I don't think you can be like 100% sure of anything anyway. So like when somebody gives an estimation, so you should take that with a grain of salt anyway. And I think most people realize this um, at this point anyway. Um, so how do I approach estimation? Um, we don't really use story points or anything like that at, at the moment, uh, which is probably not very good. Um, but like, this is something we are working on at the moment. And I, actually in the new year, we have a meeting around this stuff to give better estimations basically. Um, but the general approach is, um, when you know what, what to do, you kind of give a rough estimation, um, with days, you know, in yeah. this many days, uh, I think I can, I can finish this. Mm -hmm. And the way I, uh, update my estimation is like, I actually update it daily. So, uh, for each day, I know what I want to achieve and I tend to update my team with, with all the progress I make with, I probably, you know, share some videos of, you know, new features. Uh, I built stuff like that, mm -hmm. like continues to update it and not even wait for the next morning to give a status update. Okay. That is what I mean. Just post it on the channel and, you know, tell them if something goes wrong and not according to the plan. I think when you do this, uh, people kind of get involved in your journey and then, you know, realize if you want to, you know, they, like they kind of become a part of your journey and, uh, you know, better understand when you want to extend your estimation or whatever. Because um, when you give your estimation, you have certain assumptions and those assumptions are mostly not true. Okay, what do you include in your estimations? So let's say I came to you as a home feed design. We have architecture and everything is ready. And I, I, I want some estimation from you. Um, so when you're estimating in your mind, what do you consider? What do I consider like? Um, so you consider implementing the feature yeah, tests, for example, maybe, or code review times, course, like yeah. deployment times, like everything, how, which, which, uh, specific or individual things that you consider. 
So when a feature is in progress, that means that you are implementing, implementing it, making it work, and, you know, seeing it in your local machine that it works, um, and then also implementing your tests, um, opening it for code review, and merging it, um, and also like implementing UI tests. Um, I, like this can change from company to company, yeah. but. If you don't have a manual QA, for example, you should also consider this time in your in your estimation. Mm -hmm. But again, this is this is what we do. But this can change from you know yeah. different team by team. I I rarely see people writing UI tests, um, and also um, like the tests that takes long time, like. Um, end-to-end -end tests, they are rarely written. Um, chat, do, is any one of you write these kind of tests? And also like in, in the chat, T said, if you once said, I think T is one, one of the followers of yours, you said, if you, if you didn't, what? if you say you didn't have time to have a good code, then you are not a good engineer. I think it is also related to estimation. So do you, do you, involve this uh, having a good code part also in estimations like for example you can you can go and write everything in let's say in ios specific you can write everything in ui view controller pretty fast you know basically but if you spend more time to maybe go with viper architecture then you need more time so how do you consider this or and also does it make you a good engineer to to approach this in this way I don't remember when I when I said this, uh, so I'm not really sure about that. But anyway, um, so um, you said considering the architecture, you know what what kind of approach you will take. So like every team has some kind of standard um, in code review mm -hmm. and some kind of expectations. Yeah. So of course, in your estimation, you should uh, you know consider it like you will implement it properly. And when I say proper, it is defined by your team. Uh, so like make sure you follow that. And also sometimes when you are developing a feature that might include some kind of exploration, some kind of experimentation, uh, you should also in include this. For example, if your team recently decided to take a, take a different approach, for example, you might have started using Swift UI. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have any Swift UI experience, you should also in, like take this into account when you're providing your estimation. So it's not like I think uh, I've also I also did this before. Estimation is not only the time you spend coding; it is like a you know from start to end, uh, you know delivering it to merging it to your you know master branch and putting it on the store. There are many meetings in between as well. I, I tend to forget the meetings, to be honest, but Especially, it yeah. takes like around 40% of my time, the meetings or writing someone or all the communication overhead. And I, I tend to forget these. And I started thinking about all the time saying that, okay, I take a look at my calendar and I I always do. I'm, I'm not estimating at the moment, but um, whenever I estimate something, I, I first take a look at my calendar to see how how busy I am with meetings, you know. And then I add some communication overhead percentage, and then I try to estimate some things. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, good. That's a good approach. Yeah. So since we now we started coding and everything, and now let's say as an engineer, I face a critical issue, right? Because things happen, you never know. And I need to rework this home screen again from the big, maybe from beginning or, but from the really early stages, I need to rework it. And then my delivery is delayed. I estimate everything. I said, I'm going to finish it in three weeks. Now three peaks, I'm in the third week. It passed. What do we do? How do we approach this? Um, also like, Chad, how do you approach when you're, when you're, when you need to rework? Like, what do you say to your product owners? Do you have any problems in these stages? Just write down in the chat. Yes, Kirk, so I'm listening to you. So, yes, as you said, like things happen um, and it's a part of the job. I know it's not pleasant to anybody, um, but I would suggest like being fully transparent um, and explaining the situation in detail to not to repeat the same mistake in the future. And the way I'm communicating is this generally, I explain the context, I explain my initial assumptions, and then I explain what happened and why my assumption was wrong. Um, and then I provide options on how to proceed. So at that stage, uh, you can go back to the drawing board and design everything from scratch, or uh, you might need to make a change on the product side, you know, decrease the scope, or like whatever. This is a decision you need to make with your team. Um, but I would say be completely transparent and provide options. I think providing options is also really important because you own the situation, like you, you know why it happened. Um, and you also probably know what would happen next. Uh, so just share this um, and ask, ask for help if, if needed. Help from whom? Like product or other engineers? To your team, any, anybody. It could be like if you want to decrease the scope because you don't think you can make, make the timeline, you can um, go ask help from your product owner. And if you think there's a technical challenge you cannot solve, you should ask your uh, you know engineer friends um, to have a look. Uh, but just inform your team and don't be like, uh, you know, you like you're lost for five days and you come up and you say, you know, okay, something really bad happened, but you know, I was hiding this, you know, it, 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 that is not nice. So I think being transparent is uh, always nice. Yeah, true. Summit, welcome, by the way. Um, so I agree this being nice and like the communication is the key thing. I think uh, like whenever I remember, like. I remember I reworked or maybe I sometimes I had some projects that I completely failed from the beginning when, when we, you know, with the initial commit part and we needed to um, start from scratch after 10 commits. And then the key was there is saying directly talking with the team needs and the team and the product owner saying that, okay, these, these things happened and now we are going to take this another approach and we have maybe the third approach we already have. And then we talk and that was the kind of a good solution. Even if I did a big mistake there, everyone welcomed very well, very warmly, because I, I tried to communicate. I tried to involve them in the beginning when we started to having problems and we started having problems. And then later on, they, when there was a big revert needed, they already kind of expecting, you know, 
they knew that we needed to we, we were having problems and then then we need to do this again okay um so also mm, i'm thinking like um let's say we did this like all the work everything is gone everything is done and we submit the app and we release the new home feed okay but later on we hit another technical design problem so let's say our app home feed cannot handle um the pagination maybe we didn't see it in the tests and etc and everything and we didn't see it in technical design as well and we had some problems maybe network related problems let's say in small net like slow network areas in some countries that it is not really loadable in a faster way and we are losing a lot of user and how do we understand that our technical design was has had a mistake there like we didn't consider how do we understand our technical design is not working and how do we communicate this through with other teams and product teams and engineering teams this problem Okay, so uh, to be able to understand if something doesn't work, um, you might rely on user reports and you know your crash reports, uh, but in general, your solution needs to be observable. Uh, so when you're observing your uh, solution, uh, how it is performing, if you notice a problem, and I think this is perfect and normal, uh, like there is no perfect technical design anyway so you might hit these problems um if it's a really core problem uh i might like i i generally tend to you know make this a part of the next technical design phase maybe update the template to add, add a note there you know um like you know consider slow networks for example this is a this was a really good good example so we generally you know um have really high speed um network and we test everything under that condition but maybe things doesn't really work out in slow networks so if we hit this problem once and if we think it this is a problem that can apply all the other solutions uh, one solution could be to you know add it to your template um but how do you understand something isn't working it's like you need to observe your solution when it's out in the market you should not forget about it yeah how do you how do you observe did i did i did i answer your question? yeah i mean yes you answered by saying that you go back and edit to the template so in the next time whenever you need to take a new look into technical design that you are aware of this problem um yeah but basically for my understanding you basically release a hotfix for the current problem for sure um, this is not a case yeah okay um so if you can pick two strategies so we talked all the all the way through from the beginning till the end and now i want to ask if you can pick two strategies to have a great product and engineering relationship what would they be like chat this question is also for you too give me chat give me your one of one strategy from you and i'm gonna ask goksel two strategies so goksel is a bit more now Yes, Kirkson. Okay. Okay, so I would say uh, definitely try to get involved in the product discussions 
uh, as early as possible so that you can be you know useful i know it can be tricky in you know certain companies because of the company culture but like whenever you can um you're entitled to you know um uh, say your opinion about it you are the engineer in the team and you are there for designing a solution not just you know implementing something that somebody forced onto you um and the other one would be i think as engineers we should always try to understand the problem rather than the solution because like the solution is irrelevant if you don't know the problem itself yeah the last one i this is one of my uh, favorites and i think i i think i wrote it in one of my blog posts as well saying that like i i like to focus on the problem and i generally think it's a better idea to love the problem not the solution because when you love the solution you are basically putting a, like a bad uh, glasses and then not seeing it through everything and when you love the problem actually you can offer better solutions you can offer different solutions you can offer alternatives and then you can pick according to problem not just the focusing on solution but i tell i i see many times that people just love their solution they just say ah oh, i did very good job here oh, look at this code it's amazing it's working very well and etc and i i think this is not a good approach the good approach is as i agree with you first understand the problem and in my opinion love the problem not the solution yeah Yeah, well said. Okay, um, Göksel, I think we are coming to an end slowly. Would you like to add anything else? I think we covered a lot so far. Um, I'm actually happy with all the things we covered, and I'm surprised that we are not over one hour. I think this will be my first stream, <laughs> uh, which I am not over one hour. So probably it problem is not me. <laughs> Uh um okay so I, I don't I don't think I have anything else to add. Okay, chat uh, chat do you have any questions to people who are watching? Do you have any questions to Göksel or me? Uh, or we can uh if you don't have any, I think we can uh close the stream slowly. And also while we are waiting chat to ask the question, um Göksel how people can reach you? Um I think they can use my Twitter. I believe uh you you have it in the event anyway. Um I'm also active in my GitHub account. Um and they can follow me in my um website. I used to post a lot of uh you know blogs um uh, but recently I haven't been so active in in the last year. But yeah. Yeah, okay. I posted the um Twitter links and your website as well, your blog. So people can check out your previous blog posts and we we had a uh, common we had, we had a common uh blog actually with you before then we didn't add any any new blog posts to there so we abandoned it but it was it was really nice as an experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah 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 so i guess the chat doesn't have any questions so i'm gonna hit the uh, close button today and then 